Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 1.35 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Guests on Oilers Now receive gift certificates to... Royal Pizza, Royal Pizza, Pizza Past, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. For many locations, visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. You can text us at 630-630, tweet us at Oilers Now. This is the moment you've all been waiting for as we bring Jack Michaels and Reed Wilkins in. Uh, Jack, of course, the play-by-play voice of the Oilers. Reed Wilkins, uh, host on uh, Oilers uh, Radio Network broadcasts. And uh, Brendan Escott is here as well. We had Royal Pizza here, guys, six weeks ago. Yours truly went one for seven in the opening round. His upset special was the Maple Leafs. If they didn't have Nazem Kadri on their team, they would be playing in the Stanley Cup final as we speak. Nonetheless, uh, do we have some updated totals, uh, Brendan Escott? What do you got here just before we bring Jack and Reed in? All right, so we've got uh, Bob. So there's, we've had 14 series so far. I'm by two and 12, right? Yeah, you are two and 12. That's uh, hard to do. Jack is Jack was clean again, so Jack is up to eight for 14, if I'm not mistaken. Come on, Reed really? Be at seven, and I've no. I'm at eight. I'm at eight, man. Three in the first round, three in the second round, two in the third round. I'm ahead of Reed. I guarantee it. <laughs> what are you at, Brendan? Yeah, I should be at five now. I picked San Jose in that last round. Jack right. and Reed both got it right uh, in the Cup final. So here's what we're going to do, guys. Not only are you going to pick the NHL Stanley Cup final, but you're going to pick the NBA final as well. Uh, Jack, we're going to drop the puck with you first. Boston and the St. Louis Blues. And if I had told you, Jack, on December 18th when the Blues were in town and we were hearing rumors about the owners maybe targeting a couple of the Blues uh, UFAs at that time when the Blues were in dead last, that St. Louis would be playing in the Stanley Cup final, what would you have said, Jack Michaels? I would have been only slightly you know, less surprised if you told me that Boston would be in the Stanley Cup final. I I didn't. I thought Boston muddled along for much of the year and then really got hot in the second half. And and you know what? Uh, two of the best teams in the second half are playing in the Stanley Cup final. And uh, a lot of credit, I, I think, continues to have to go to Craig Berube. But uh, they've shown remarkable resolve, especially you know from a standpoint where I didn't think arguably their best player. Uh, and, and maybe their best two players, I thought they were horrific through the first three or four games of the series, being uh, Trandolo and Tarasenko. Uh, they played a little better as the series went on, but I still was surprised to see the Blues get past the Sharks in light of the fact that those two got off to such lousy starts. All right. Uh, Brendan, 
We're going to start with you. You're going to have the first call on the NHL. Reed's going to open it up on the NBA. But you're going to have who you taking here between Boston and St. Louis. Look, I just, in talking with uh, quite a few members of the NHL community last week when I was hosting the show, it's uh, it's a very apparent that Boston has the veteran leadership combined with the depth scoring and it's an eerie calm it's very eerie out of Boston how they just it's such a business oriented attitude in my opinion and Tuka Rask is I really think has the goaltending edge on Bennington albeit not by much but to me Boston takes this down probably in six games I know St. Louis has been rolling but I just don't want to write off the Bruins right now Reed. Well, I, I agree with everything you said about Boston, Brendan, but, but St. Louis, I mean, I mean, the incredible story, and it's whatever you throw at them, they figure it out. Last place in the league in January, whatever, we'll still make the playoffs. Several close games against the Winnipeg Jets, we're going to score big, big goals. Dallas, we're going to you know lose game five at home, go into Dallas and win game six, and then survive seventh game overtime. And then one of the worst calls of the postseason puts them down 2-1 to San Jose. They come back and win the next three games. It seems like they have a different hero every night. Bennington is, is incredible. I, I know Rask is playing awesome for Boston, but St. Louis, I hate to use this phrase, but they almost look like a team of destiny to me. I do think it's going to be a very close series, a very exciting series, but I'm going to pick for St. Louis to have their magic moment in Boston, like Bobby Orr and the Bruins had one in Boston against St. Louis so many years ago. I'm going to take St. Louis in seven. Jack Michaels. Boston in five. Won't be that close. Why will it not be close? I just think Boston is coldly efficient. I think the Bruins uh, are... I think St. Louis is a sentimental pick, but I think the Bruins strengths are greater than the blue strengths at every position and I, I think Brendan's point about you know just this is a this is a club whose core players meaning their three or four most important players have been to this step before uh, St. Louis's core players cannot say the same all right. I want St. Louis to win but I'm taking Boston guys I'm taking Boston in six Patrice Bergeron I mean, that guy's just a winner. And, you know, Jordan Bennington wasn't even in St. Louis's plans two years ago. It's a remarkable story. The only thing that's got me a little leery is how long Boston's been off for. But I will take the Boston Bruins in six. Switching to the NBA, Reed, we're going to put you on the spot here. The Raptors in Golden State, or is it putting you on the spot? Is there any chance the Raptors can win this series, Reed? Uh, yes, there's a chance, but I mean, obviously, I want them to win, but I, I just have to pick Golden State if I look at it reasonably. Uh, I, I mean, they have all that firepower. They've obviously been. This is going to be their fifth consecutive finals. You know, the Raptors are a great team, and obviously, the way they they stage those comeback against Milwaukee, they have one of the best. They have a top five, maybe even top one player in the NBA. The way he's playing right now, but I, I just think. Golden State's experience and their firepower is going to be too much for the Raptors in the end. I, I do think it's going to be a hard-fought series. I'll pick Golden State in six, though obviously uh, I hope I'm wrong. And I am a little worried, guys, just with all the hype around the last two rounds. Will the Raptors have a little bit of the, the happy-to-be-there syndrome? 
and and maybe not quite be ready to go against that experienced Golden State team. Toronto's going to be right there, but I'll take Golden State in six. Jack Michaels. I'm going to echo my friend Reed. I think Golden State will win the series in six. I think Kawhi Leonard will find a way to win two games virtually by himself, but he's going to have to do it. And while it's the popular sentiment right now to be reminded of Kawhi Leonard's greatness and even to stretch it and start talking about how Kawhi Leonard is the best player in the NBA, I think all this time people have forgotten about who the best player in the NBA really is. And one statistic I think trumps any statistic in any of the four major professional sports right now, and that is that Golden State is 32-1 and in its last 33 games with Curry without Durant. In their last 55 games without Curry with Durant, they're a game over 500. That, to me, tells me who the best player on the best team in the world's best basketball league truly is. Golden State in six, Steph Curry, finals MVP. Uh, you know, if he was really good, Jack, they'd be 33-0. and 0. <laughs> Valid point. Uh, I will. You ready for this? Because the series starts in Toronto, I think Golden State's going to win in four. I'm serious. I just, how many, I mean, and I'm going to defer to the certainly the two of you guys because you both watch more NBA than I do, Jack and Reed, but, you know, the Sixers, right, Milwaukee, did they get the kind of shooting that they needed to win? I, I mean, it's not like, like, Golden State can shoot the lights out, and I just didn't get that sense in the last two rounds, and that's part of the reason why. I mean, Jack, should Toronto have even come back in the last series against Milwaukee, or did the Bucks spit the bit? Uh, they, I, absolutely. I, I felt like the Bucks suffered one of the more systematic meltdowns over the course of a long series, and Toronto gets some credit for that because they obviously devised a plan uh, and, and really, I give Nick Nurse a huge edge over Budenholzer. I mean, Milwaukee's lack of adjustments were stunning to me. And, uh, and they just had no answers. I don't know if you watched game six, Milwaukee did not have more than two or three decent possessions in the last 18 minutes of that game, half of the third quarter and the whole fourth quarter. Golden State has seen it all. They'll make the adjustments. If Toronto wins, you know, the first game, Golden State's not going to panic. I, I, I got I to tell you that uh, I, I agree with Bob there, and I, and I know he doesn't watch a ton, but he's got it red right in this sense. Uh, Milwaukee and Philadelphia did not have the intestinal fortitude that Golden State's going to bring in this series. And at the end of the day, Golden State's just a better team. I, I don't think Toronto's going to play poorly in the series. I don't even think they're going to get outclassed. They're going to run into the same kind of team that Houston did and, and the same kind of team that LeBron did. It's the Golden State Warriors. We're talking about, along with the Chicago Bulls and the New England Patriots, 
the elite teams of the last 20 to 25 years. All right, guys, just stay in the line. Uh, I'm going to hit one more topic here, but we're going to get Brendan's thoughts on uh, the series between Golden State and Toronto. Listen, I've got Golden State in five. I don't necessarily like how Toronto matches up against a really smooth, ball-moving offense. Yeah. Kawhi cannot guard everybody on the floor. There are too many weapons that Golden State possesses. And one other thing to remember, I know that the record might not indicate that Kevin Durant is a is a lethal weapon for this team. He's in a contract year. The situation for him is in flux. If he can get back on that court, I believe that he will, and I believe that that's ultimately going to really, really stretch the Raptors more thin than they can afford to be stretched. It's going to end in five. They will get that one win. We can all cheer about that, but Golden State, they expect to be here. They know what to do. All right. Switching focus. Tomorrow, gentlemen, uh, all reports indicate Dave Tippett will be named the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. Jack, a uh, preemptive look at uh, the potential of Tippett as head coach. Your thoughts? Well, what I'm going to be real interested to see is what Dave Tippett does with what many people consider an underachieving team. I am not necessarily in that camp. I think Edmonton's <laughs> best players have been their best players. I'm not sure the Oilers have been good enough, deep enough, skilled enough. Uh, tough enough in the bottom six and and maybe the you know the the bottom three from a defense pairing, but Dave Tippett is going to come in and deal with the kind of talent he didn't have in his prior two stops. He has taken in the last decade plus two of the least accomplished teams on paper to a conference final: the 2008 Dallas Stars and the 2012 Arizona Coyotes. He's going to have a toolbox with some weapons in it they didn't have at those prior two spots. And what's most intriguing about this hire, if it in fact is going to be Dave Tippett as next head coach of the Edmonton Oilers, is how he'll utilize uh, those tools in the toolbox and whether he can find a way to make sure those players are making the rest of their teammates as good a players as they possibly can. Reed, uh, yeah. just uh, I know you've received a lot of feedback from the fans on this. Give me your take. Well, I, I just think that the the labeling of Dave Tippett as a defensive coach is is a little misguided. I, I think great coaches recognize what their teams can do and try to play to those strengths. He never had high end talent like Drysdale and McDavid in Arizona or really anywhere else he coached. I, I think the key for the Oilers and I look, they need more depth. They need more depth scoring. Maybe they'll find some guys who can do that. It's still goal prevention that is going to be the key to me. Can they play a sounder, more reliable defensive structure that Tippett can get them to commit to for the entire year? And how is their goaltender going to play? Look, the last couple of years, I wouldn't categorize the Oilers coaching as a weakness. I think the roster construction was the the weakness. I think it's great Tippett's an experienced coach. I think he's going to get the buy-in from the players because of that experience and what he's done uh, in other cities. Jack mentioned a couple of successful runs that he had. Uh, I still think there's more pressure on Holland this summer to upgrade the roster than there's going to be on Tippett to coach it. All right, great stuff. Uh, that's Jack Michaels and Reed Wilkins, and they'll be a part of things tomorrow uh, as uh, we're headed down an inevitable path if we're rolling at Rogers Place. Thanks, guys. Take care. Drive safely. See ya. See ya. All right. Uh, yes. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Indeed, that's Jack Michaels and Reed Wilkins along with Brendan Escott. When we come back, we'll go to this day in Oilers history. It was a memorable one here on Oilers Now. This is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Shed. All right, we're going to get to some text here. You can text us at 630, 630, tweet us at Oilers Now. Uh, Mark says out of Bonneville, other than you four wanting to humor yourselves, why do you think anybody listening gives a crap about your predictions? That one comes to us from Mark. Mark, thank you for the positive reinforcement on the show. Sean says, a Texas Center Heartland Ford text line, man, I can't believe how little respect the Blues are getting. No one is picking them at all. I think the Blues dominate, and Rass comes back down to earth. Blues and six. Racket from Sean. Um... Uh, this text comes to us saying Bruins had uh, top six D out for a while. DeBrus, Bergeron, Bacchus, others out. When healthy, they went 15-0-4. You guys only can see as far as Connor McDavid, and it doesn't make a difference. Again, Texas at 630-630. CB and Rimby says, Bob, Boston's been out too long. Not rusty, but sitting that long does something to the mojo. You see it all the time. Well, you know what? We've seen that a couple times in the playoff. There you go. Uh, this text comes in saying, Bob, the orders need a coach that teaches work ethic and character. Ryan Smith should be the example of what hard work can do and accomplish for every player, amateur and professional. Yeah. How good was he in a lockout year in 12-13? This is the thing. There's this perception about Ryan Smith, and he was a really good player, but not a great one. And don't ever underestimate how hard some great players worked either. But blue-collar Edmonton sells what it sells, right? I get it. We appreciate the industriousness of which Ryan Smith showed during his career. But he parlayed it to a lot of success. Never underestimate how hard people that are really good at their jobs are. I mean stellar at their jobs. Okay? Okay. Here we go to list Dan Oilers history. Back in 2006, the end of round three, what happened? Ethan Morrow and Rafi Torres each score as the Oilers beat the Ducks 2-1 to one to win the Western Conference Final. Four games to one at the Arrowhead Pond. Dwayne Rollison backstopped them to the win. That set up that Stanley Cup Finals date with Carolina. We all know the story. If Rollison doesn't get hurt in game one, does it go seven? Maybe. But, uh, and you know who was the best player in the ice of the final three games of that series? A name you just mentioned there, Brendan. Rafi Torres was unbelievable. Game five, game six, game seven. He elevated. Was on the, you know, he showed that he could take it to another. Carolina started to get a little bit beat up as that series went on. Blowing game one. Killed the Oilers. And then, uh, you know, having Conklin in there instead of having Markin in and never really understood that decision either alternating the backups. Just have your best backup. Have the guy that you would go with. Okay, uh, 154 in Edmonton. Tonight, game one of the Stanley Cup final. 
Boston, St. Louis. So we all took Boston. No, Reed. Reed took St. Louis. Puck drop, 6 p.m. on 6.30. Chad, tomorrow, fluid situation. But it will be a Stauffer Inspector Day for Horse Racing Alberta, reminding you of the new Century Mile Racetrack open out in Nisku Racing. Saturdays, Sundays, and on holiday Mondays. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News with Sheila and I. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.